There is billions of years of evolution which has bred into us. Resist that at all costs. <laughs> yes. Do absolutely. not die, yes. no matter what. <laughs> fight it, fight it, fight it. Do not yes. let that thing kill you. Run, be yes. scared. Oh, yeah. Get away. Like, <laughs> save yourself. We're bred with this instinct. Yeah. And yet, ultimately, it is pointless to resist it. Right. You, there is nothing you can do. You will die. And the harder you fight that, the worse your experience becomes. Oh, sure. And oh, sure. The, the, oh, my gosh. As soon yes. Yes. as you can accept it. Yeah. That's the first step. Acceptance is the first step. Yep. You then start to see the beauty of this. Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kazen. We are here to talk about the ending of the base game for Outer Wilds today. Um, I, I'm literally like at a loss for what I'm going to say about this hmm. other than to say I, I'm going to try to explain the next statement I'm going to make and I don't think anyone's going to understand why <laughs> this is my favorite game of all time hmm. and it's not close it clears everything I've ever played before and it's it's got it, it so far in the rear view mirror you can't see them anymore wow I had nothing short of a spiritual experience at the ending of this game. And it had, it's a culmination of a lot of things that we have sort of touched on throughout lots of podcasts. Yeah. So by saying that, I mean, I couldn't have had this experience five years ago or 10 years ago right. had I played Outer Wilds at that time. Yeah. There's no way I would have reached the same conclusion then. But now, in particular, based on recent history of my life and things that we've talked about and been kind of driving at in this journey of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was profound uh, in, in what it communicated to me. And I don't expect that anyone else will get it when I try to explain it. But it's my job to explain it, so I will try. <laughs> Good. So, Good. Um, just know that that's, that's, that's how I feel after this. And I think that that was surprising enough to people, because I, I made a post on Twitter or something, being like, it's my favorite game of all time, where they didn't like want to believe me, it felt like. <laughs> oh, this, this must be recency bias. So you're saying it's too soon to say that. <laughs> like, dude, no, it's not. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know how you felt about the game and its ending, but there is a lot there. Oh, yeah. Uh, symbolically that I've been kind oh, of itching yeah. to get your perspective on. I have some of my own thoughts, but I, I know that there's probably a lot there to chew on for you as well. Well. I have a ton. I have a ton to talk about, especially at the very yes, end the very end part, very very end. Um, I, th th it's a metaphor. The whole thing's a metaphor. Yeah, it's really profound. Um, and I'm gonna touch. I think a little bit later on exactly why 
I think it feels so profound and significant. Mm. It has to do with our distant ancestors and the way that they... Hey, we might be saying the same thing. I, 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 as soon as you started talking, <laughs> I was like, I think I have things to add to what you're saying. I think that we are going to have a good conversation here. Um, just to put it shortly, the way that the way that something like spirituality or worship or something likely scientifically, evolutionarily came about is through something along the lines of groups sitting around a campfire mm-hmm. in communion with each other, mm-hmm. singing, making music, mm-hmm. right? And, and creating a new world. Music, which right? some believe there's some evidence for this, and it's not necessarily concrete, but that it, like that predates, it, it predates language. Speech, yes. That so communication got, through music and yeah. through musical tones and uh, predates language. Yeah. So go back 100,000 years, and you've got cavemen in a forest, with the trees and the leaves and the pillars surrounded, surrounding a fire, looking at the fire, singing a song together in communion all together, and then um, imagining uh, basically how story began. Mm-hmm. They all tell a story, and, and you see it come to life above the fire, basically, yeah. and everybody's looking up towards this, and they're all having this transcendent experience. That is how, like, church started, yeah, <laughs> basically. Like religion That's how or spirituality. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I don't mean to discount cause I personally, ha- I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just going to try to be naturalistic and rationalistic about everything, um, that's a pretty good place to, to go. And it means that the worship service, like even if you go into a Catholic cathedral, you've got, you've got the pillars, right? Mm-hmm. Which are like trees. You've got the stained glass, which is like light filtering in through leaves of a canopy in mm-hmm. a forest, right? You've got the chalice, uh, with the Eucharist, which is like the fire of, mm-hmm. of, and then everyone singing songs all around it, having this spiritual experience. Like we're recreating something that went the way our ancestors long ago did it, um, was different in a lot of ways. It was more nature. It was more natural, I guess. Yeah, um, same. but it's the same, yeah. but it's the same core experience. Right. And then the way that we're feeling is like, is, is shared. Mm. And that's what makes it so beautiful. It's a shared experience with other people. And if this game, if the end of this game was just us doing this on our own without the music, without the other people along the way, without the collective experience, um, without the fire, without the trees, without nature, without the light above, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't have been the same. Not the same at all. Well, yeah, it, it, it just not (laughs) the hints of what you're getting at here, I think are going to interweave pretty well. Good. With some of the things that I know I want to say, but I have no idea in which order or even really where to start. <laughs> so I well, guess we start with just you, sort of summarizing. <laughs> yeah, summarizing yeah. What, what happened. It wasn't so, as hard as I thought it would be. You just take a picture. I, and we can I, land I was it. like, really? <laughs> That's it? I thought it was going to be so complicated. <laughs> although, although I do have to say, um, the uh, typing the patterns into the ship was not so easy. You yes. had to go get the core first. Yes. So just to go dark bramble, write in the code. You can't, ah, you that can't didn't work. <laughs> actually go anywhere because, because it you don't have a warp core. It doesn't have a power yeah. source. Exactly. So in order for you to use those coordinates and warp, you have to have a warp core. Yeah. And there's actually a, like a no my floating there with like an empty yes. warp core. Yeah. Like right next yeah. to it, which I think would be the hint. Oh, it doesn't have its power source. Right. right. So, so Yeah. Let's start with Quantum Moon, I guess. So cool. last week we were saying, <laughs> yeah, last week we were saying, I don't know if I really get how to get there, even though we did. We I just guess we could have gotten there this whole time. <laughs> it was more complicated than it was. Yes. The idea is 
which we learn in the uh, quantum trials on Giant Steep. Giant Steep, yeah. The tower. Uh, looking at an image of a quantum object and observing with your natural eyes a quantum object, these are the same. Yeah. So if you take a photograph of a quantum object and you're observing the photograph, yeah. you can turn your natural eyes away from it and it will still remain where it's at or where it was when you took the photo because you're still observing it. That's right. a rule of this universe. Of this game. <laughs> this game's <laughs> universe, not our actual universe. Yeah. <clears throat> so you take a picture of the moon and while that is still in your viewer, because uh, you can kind of, you know, it's like a little computer screen that comes out when you launch your probes. Yeah. And, and it'll like put the Like in the top there. right, yeah. So then you, you enter into like the clouds of the quantum moon and then you'll finally and reach you, the surface. And you crash into yeah. it. Because yeah. I, did you crash? Yeah. I mean I, like. I don't think you can't uh, not crash. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, maybe if you're approaching it extremely slowly, but. I suppose. I the suppose. The idea is like the second that you would have past a point inside of that murky cloudiness where you would know that where the, the actual surface of it would be behind. It, it, it's, it's hard to explain it. It would just yeah. immediately go away. And so then you, you can't actually yeah. reach it, right? Yeah. Because it would be case, too dark, right? Yes. So in this case, you do. Um, you land there and it is, I mean, everything about this place behaves strangely oh, yeah. in the quantum sense. Th this moon it becomes, which is something about how our moon operates in general as well, I guess. But the moon symbolizes like reflection, something like it reflects light. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't produce light, it reflects light, right? Yeah. So uh, the quantum moon is serves as a reflection of whatever planet it's orbiting. Yes, right? yes. And so when it orbits um, Giants Deep, it's like covered in water. Yes. I'm like, where'd this water come yes. from? Well, don't think about that too hard. Because if you go in, there's just like this big tower, like a shrine at the center of the quantum, at the center, at, at a part of the, the north part. Of north it, pole. Because you land on the south. Well, the, yeah, you land on the south every yeah, time. every time. But so the, the that, north. that like tower shrine thing you go into, it moves around oh, that's the right. moon. That's right. That's right. I <laughs> about that. <laughs> when you're not observing it or whatever. Or yeah, when everything you, does, yes, basically. And, and that's, that's actually part of solving how you're supposed to get to where you're, you're supposed yeah, to get to. It's a good hint. You're, you're supposed to get the tower to the North Pole. Ah, but course, in yeah. each sort of like reflection, depending on where the moon is at, there may be terrain or objects blocking you from getting oh, there. Oh, that happened right? to me several times. So you have to yeah. continually go inside, turn off all the lights, Leave. come back on, so that it's, yeah, now, somewhere else. it's now gone yeah. to another uh, orbit around another planet. The terrain has changed. Now you, maybe you can make a little bit more progress than you could before. Yeah. And you slowly move it towards the North Pole. Once it's yeah, it there, cool. then it can actually reach the sixth object, which is orbiting the eye of the universe, the eye of the universe yeah. itself, which is where you find the Nomai, the living Nomai. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was... Wow, that was freaking crazy. I did not expect that. I didn't think we'd actually get to talk to somebody. No. <laughs> that, 
that was a fascinating conversation. And it was Solanum, Solanum? Y- yes, right? I was just going to look up the name right now. Yeah, Solanum. I think it's Solanum. And this is the third person with the mask. Yes. Right? And yes. it is literally wearing the mask right in yes, front of us. Yes, yes. I was um, surprised that it wasn't, because my guess was that it would be Feldspar, but Feldspar is not aware nope. of the- um, He didn't ever do that. Of the uh, time loop. Yeah. Only- us and, and the giant steep. I guess uh, g- 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 it's g- with a G. Go grab Gober <laughs> I can't remember his name. Kerbals. What is the guy? What is the guy's name on Giants Deep? It's it's get. It's not Gasparo. It's something like that. It's like Gabro. Garbo. Gabro. Gabro. That's it. Gabro. Yeah, Gabro yourself, and then Solanum would be the third. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's something tells me that Solanum has not experienced time. The way that we do. No. Um, <clears throat> it hasn't actually been 200,000 years according to Solanum. Well, here's the other weird thing. Did you see her corpse on the quantum moon? Did I? So when... If you, I did, you, you I didn't saw know her, her. Like, little ship, right? Did, did you see her I ship so. go inside of it? Yeah. So yeah, I did, yeah. There's a corpse of a Nomai like right next to that. Oh, but that's her then. I think that that's her, but... Okay, I guess I didn't think of that. Part of the conversation. So what's really crazy is in order to communicate with her at all, yeah. there's basically just some symbols that are kind of on yeah. a stone here. And Little you can pick pogs. two of them up at a time and combine them into different things. And then she'll sort of try to explain. Because we can understand everything she writes because we got the translator, but she yeah. can't understand what, what we And say. she basically laments that. Like, oh, I wish I could talk... Or I wish you could talk to me, but at least I can talk to you. Yes. Yeah. And so essentially you, you got a symbol for yourself. You got a symbol for the quantum moon. You got a symbol for yeah. the eye of the universe. You got a symbol for, um, wait, is that all the, no, oh, for there's her, like six Solanum, symbols, I think. I think. Yeah. And then there's two different colored ones that are explain. It means like, please explain mm. this thing. Or the other one was, it's not explain, it's. Gosh, I can't remember. Anyway, the bottom right one. Two different ways for her to try to talk about that thing you've paired it with. Yeah. Can somebody help me out? I I don't know why it's escaping Miranda. One of them means explain. So you could put the pog for you and the pog for explain together. And you'd be asking, explain myself. And then she'll say like, well, I don't, I've never encountered anything like you before. I don't really but, know anything. But you got four you. eyes. That's cool. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah. Or you could put quantum moon and explain, and then yeah. she'll explain what she knows about the quantum moon yeah. or what she, what she understands about the eye of the universe. Mm. Um, and then there's the other pog, which is not explain. It's something else and you'll get different answers. So yeah. you, you sit there and you sort of combine these in different ways and learn a whole bunch of different things about uh, you, well, not so much you, but but her and the Nomai. I, I always I forget. Identify? I always freaking forget. Is it identify? Thank you. It's identify. Identify and explain. Identify and explain are the two sort of things you can combine with. Uh, the, the topics, right? With the topics yeah. that, that you can bring up. Anyway, essentially, uh, I don't know how much of that you exhausted, I but, did. I thought I did everything, but I guess there's a lot of permutations, but yes, I feel like I did everything. But she does say, this might sound strange, yeah. but I don't think I'm technically alive. And what a strange thing to say, especially if you've been somewhere for 200,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> but she, 
She probably doesn't know it. Uh, yes. Time, I don't think, especially if she's been spending well, more time at the Eye of the Universe. Yes, because yeah. the only way you encounter her is, is that it's part. in orbit at the Eye of the Universe. Yeah. And at the Eye of the Universe, as we know from the ending, time is meaningless there. There, right. There is no, there, yeah. the concept of time is, it kind of doesn't exist there at all. So she's just having this strange experience. Yeah. And uh, she's... Into okay, this is the significance of her dead corpse. Then she is in two places at once. Um, her body her is body one place, is, yet and she's then, also physically here. I th- I think I right? think, that, but it's yes, just the I quantum <laughs> the quantum. You it, know, it's all yes, yeah. but yes, I think you're right. Hmm. Her, she died, but the her that was at the eye orbiting the eye of the universe is still kind of there because time doesn't work the same way yeah. at the eye of the universe as it does. So yeah. she was there on the pilgrimage is what they kind of were starting to do right. here towards the end of the Nomai uh, in our solar system. They, it, w- coming of age, they would go on this pilgrimage to try to get close to the eye of the universe. So they had figured out how to get to the quantum moon and how to get the quantum moon to go in orbit around the eye of the universe. Right. But uh, they didn't know how to get to it. They right. didn't know how to you then can just see, it. and it's funny because uh, the way Solanum describes it is like, oh, you can kind of see the eye if you stand here and look up, and it's, it's just like it looks like a whirlpool or a whirlwind yeah. or something, just kind of with like a, a circle in the middle. If you stand right under it, it looks like an iris. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no way to get to it, and I questioned what I was even looking at. So. Yeah. But like, yeah, speaking about time and how. It doesn't really hold any meaning at the eye of the universe. The two of you are right. there simultaneously because time is not linear in orbit right. of the eye of the universe. So, so these two times are happening at the same time. Right. Right. And the, the, re- the reason they'd be happening at the same time is because I guess both subjects are conscious, right? Yes. And so. And, there, and it might have something to do with the memory masks too. Oh, I, that's probably The fact true. that, uh, yeah, that has, I would think that might have something to do with huh. why we're not encountering, say, just any other Nomai who might have gone on the same pilgrimage and yeah. been there, but she is, and we are able to actually intersect in this way. Yeah. I, w- I would guess maybe it has something to do with those masks and the, but I don't know how necessarily, but hmm. that would just be my first instinct as to why that is, but. So, so it's, uh, Solanum is Schrodinger's cat. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) That's wild. Okay. It's not what I expected at all. So yeah. Anyway, um, you learn a lot of cool stuff there. Um, but I, I actually was kind of, I felt like most of what was revealed there, I had either already sort of learned other places or had sort of worked out at this point. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like there was any like really huge reveal there as to, okay, now this is how you finish the game. Not right? really, no. Yeah. So it, it almost felt yeah. like you didn't have to do this. I guess not. It's yeah. just, and it would actually change the ending too, because I guess if you hadn't then you, encountered her, you, she wouldn't that be correct? at the campfire. Would the she end. not be there? Well. Is she not there if you... I, I don't want to like... I wonder. I don't want to like spoil the DLC because I haven't even played it. <laughs> okay. But I do know there's another character who can show uh, up at the campfire if you've done okay, that. Okay, okay. So 
Anyway, I mean, I, I would assume. Okay, WP is saying she's not there at the end if you don't find her. If you her. don't find her. So, okay. yeah. Uh, hmm. Anyway, it's, it's just, it adds another person to the music at the end. Yeah. Oh, and um, the song, her song is probably the most. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's a little beautiful. like keyboardy yeah. kind of thing. She's got like a little tablet. She's sort of like touching. Uh, yeah. Sort of, sort of sounds like a keyboard or piano type instrument or something electronic. Um, but anyway, it was really, really cool. I, I felt like of all the puzzles of the game, figuring yeah. out the quantum moon was like the most fun. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. You got to go in there. You got to turn off your flashlight and you got to turn it back on and then just keep turning it on and off and on and off until it's at the right place. Yeah. Anyways, it's really fun. I liked it. it was um, uh, Solanum also mentions that, um, the way of life for a Nomai is to seek and understand. That's very, that just puts the Nomai very close to humans, I think, just in general. Mm. Like in the, like, I don't know, uh, seeking and understanding is basically all. Like I have a five-month-old child right now, and that's all that that kid is trying to do every day is to look for things and try to figure out what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Like just trying to understand it and just the awe and wonder of every new object and like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Trying to figure it out. Um, That's just what humans are hardwired to do so yes and that plays a huge role into why the ending was so profound to yeah. me. uh this kind of all man it just feels like everything everything that went into this game every choice in terms of how the story and the gameplay are designed together play on that idea of this need to understand to the, the the curiosity born from to go out there and figure out what's going on, what does this mean, and an almost obsession that can come from that, and then in the end, no. what does it all mean really? Is, is we'll get on that. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end. I is think. <laughs> is like kind of, I guess the seed that I'll plant now for where yeah. I'm going to try to go with this by the end. What does it all mean? Um, but anyway, that's Quantum Moon. Now. At this point, uh, I was like, okay, I got to try to find out how to get inside the Ash Twin project because that's like the last place I hadn't been to yet. And so, um, you know, go back to the Ash Twin itself. There's there's, uh, tons of like portals that warp you to different places from there. You can go to the Sun Station, you can go to Brittle Hollow mm. uh, from the sun or from the white hole station. You yeah, can that's right. warp to all kinds of different places. Yeah. So they've built these and, and you know, you can see like the little panels where you show up, they all have similar designs to them on each planet. It's like a little place with, the, with sort of like a maze like. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Pattern that goes inwards towards the center. Yep. And it's like a, an orange light that sort of like leads inside. So those are the pads to which you, appear when you warp to a place and, yeah, and you'll you just find have them to like all over look the place. up or something. Yeah. Yeah. So by the way, speaking about white holes, I looked into it a little bit. Yeah. They are theorized. That, Theor- theoretically. Yes. yes. Not, but we count. have some evidence <laughs> for black holes, right? Like some possible photographs and some, oh, right. you know, some tangible, tangible like, oh, evidence. There, there yeah. really are black holes out there, right? Yes. No such thing for white, for white holes. holes they yes. are, they're still just kind of in the realm of uh, speculation, yeah. but um, you're reminding me that there's kind of a few things to correct from yeah. previous episodes. Gosh, um, it's probably a bunch. <laughs> so, well, in particular, the, the, the main one I wanted to touch on was 
the dark bramble space stuff we were talking about last oh, time. Oh, like the size, the scale um, stuff? Well, or? not so much that, but the duplication. So so there is no oh. duplication of objects happening. It's just a duplication of signals. It's a signal from the same object come from oh, two hold different on. locations. I know what that means. I know what that means. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's the wave versus the particle. Yeah. There's two seeds that lead to the, the same space place. where the where the thing is. And but this seed is too small to get inside of. That seed is larger okay. and I can fly my ship I into see, it. I see, I see. But I'm getting the signal from both. Yeah. So both of these totally separated seeds are giving me a signal that my probe is there. Yeah. And that was what confused the nomai. They were like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh how can our um, freaking ship be duplicated. It wasn't that the ship was duplicated. It's just that the signal they were receiving from it was coming from two different places within that particular part of Bramble Space they yeah. were in. <laughs> um, okay, so it's just the signal was duplicated, not the object itself. Hmm. So th- that was one thing I wanted to correct for this week. But um, Okay, so anyway, finally figured out how to get to the Ash Twin Project. It's It's really... It is a little tricky at first because the portal only opens when the Ember Twin is right above <laughs> and you got like that obviously transfer of sand that will oh, yeah. lift you up. Right. So I, like <clears throat> I see the portal sort of activate right when it's above it because you're supposed to go in there and look at it, right? But it would just pull you up into space and like throw you over on Ember. <laughs> yes, uh, that uh, happened. On Ember yep, Twin. Yep, yep, So you have to like – propel with like your, your jet pack down into the portal so that it doesn't carry you up right. out of the portal. You have to fight it. <laughs> you have yeah. to like, like sink <laughs> into the, into the portal. But once you do that, you actually reach the inside of the Ash Twin project itself. And this is, I mean, all kinds of stuff that you learn here, first of all, yeah. that it didn't work. Um, that they they sort of uh, they were not able to blow up the sun or whatever you you, know, you get all that dialogue about that, but you go further in and there's like a control that allows you to like turn off the gravity inside, and another control that opens up the core right where the where the warp core is at. Yeah, that's right. If you've done like you did any experimenting in the high energy lab on the Ember Twin, where they had smaller versions of these. Yeah. Where you kind of they they were doing yeah, the cores experiments yeah. of on cores, it's like a larger version of one of those. Yeah, it, it's in the same sort of like container, but those were very small for their experiments, and this one's like a full size one. So, so you got to turn off the gravity and then yes, go float up, boost up there to grab it and grab the warp core out yeah. of the machine. Which, now, which I guess would end the loop. Yeah, the the loop can't happen anymore once you do that, right? Yes. This was but, but the stars a crazy still blow exper- <laughs> experience because when I took it out, I went, oh, if I don't do this right, this is the end. Like if I don't actually mm. get, if an angler fish eats me on the way, that's it. Your memories won't transfer because <laughs> there's won't, no data. There's no going back now. Yeah, yeah. And what I did was I just put it back in <laughs> and I left <laughs> To go do some other stuff. <laughs> to like talk to people. <laughs> yeah. I, I especially wanted to smart. go talk I, to all the travelers. Okay, nice. Um, at different points of the I kind of wish I did that. 
but because uh, some people had said because I think last time we had talked about oh these these Harthians seem very chill about yeah, in, in the yeah. face of everything, and people were like, well, go talk to Chert at the end of the cycle, you know. Um, so turns out Chert has like a freaking existential crisis really? like yeah, right oh, at wow. the end hmm. where he's like, wait a minute. The sun's gonna explode, and like, I, what? I wasted all this time here, like, trying to read these stars. All this stuff, I could. He like starts losing his mind, mm. and then like, right at the very end of the cycle, he'll be kind of like starting to accept and be like, "Well, you want to sit down with me?" Like at the end of all this. So they're not all this way. Not mm. all the Harthians are this way, but I do feel like a lot of them are. So I don't think it totally invalidates some of the <laughs> stuff we were talking about last time about okay. them, but they definitely do have. Some of them that experience a significant level of stress. Interesting. So okay, okay. that's another correction I wanted to make from last time. But so I did that. I went around and I talked to all of them, made sure I exhausted all the dialogue options, <clears throat> rested near the fire, waited to different points yeah. of the cycle to talk again and see if any more dialogue options came up. It really was mostly Chert whose dialogue mm. changes later. As it goes. Um <laughs> But there were still some discoveries I had made that I hadn't talked to, like, Rybeck about or something like right. that. Like, oh, my gosh, I found the quantum moon. I yeah, yeah. saw this thing from the Nomai. And he's, you know, archaeologist, so he's all about, like, learning about the, the Nomai. So he's, I say he, they are stoked, Albert. super, super stoked mm. about all this information, right, um, that you've learned about the, the Nomai. So I made sure to do all that first. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I did. Did you go um, back to Hearth and talk to everybody? I, I did go back there, and I told them about uh, Feldspar. Like, he's he's in Bramble. We should probably go rescue him. And they're like, oh, my gosh, he's alive. Thank you so much. Um, who else did I talk to there that had any different dialogue? I can't really think of anybody. I mean, you, you do talk to the other person in the observatory, about the statue. Oh yeah, yeah. A little bit, and I think there might be some extra dialogue there regarding memories and the loop and things like that. But nothing that like particularly stood out to me as being like super significant or anything. Um, but I just kind of spent a lot of time, just kind of going around and trying to tie up any loose ends before I actually made a real attempt at at uh, at taking this warp core. And getting to the the Bye. vessel in time to put in the coordinates before this loop would end and the sun would explode. Yeah, uh, but I definitely felt like a real sense of pressure. Yeah. Like the first time I took that thing out, it, it just dawned on me like, oh, now it, now it's for real. <laughs> like mm -hmm. if it when it when if I don't do this right, like it, it's game over kind of thing, right? So like all it, and and this really played into the the profound nature of the ending for me because as much as much as we've talked about things like acceptance yeah. on this podcast in the past yeah, as yeah. much as that as a theme is like super resonant for me i i really really like stories that push towards that um and especially in relevance to the acceptance of death and things like that, of your own mortality, the importance mm. of getting to a place where you can accept that and become, you know, be at peace with that. Right. We talked about this a lot, for instance, in 
the Hellblade Senna was sacrifice podcast oh, that we did. Yeah. Although that's not so much an acceptance of your own death as much as it is an acceptance of, of other, someone else like a or family. a loss. Yeah, loss. Something that you won't ever get back yeah. and you continue on. So it's not quite exactly the same thing, but it touches in the same realm. So at this point, I was still expecting I was going to save the universe. Hmm. I, I was like, okay, the, all this I mean, pressure. I think so, yeah. Right? I'm taking this core. I'm going to use right. it to get to the eye of the universe. And once I get there, then I'll find a way to stop all these stars exploding and, and I'll fix everything. I was still in that mindset. I still hadn't come around to what the game was really driving at and what had been showing me all along yeah. was the inevitability of this thing. Right. And the obsession with scouring every single piece of Nomai yeah. writing and lore to try to put together the puzzle of how, how to stop this thing. To save the star, yeah. And, and how much time was put into that. And I still was really holding on to that. Mm -hmm. And then when, I, when you actually get there, right? So you take the, the warp core, you get to the, uh, the vessel, yep. you put it in. Put in the coordinates. You put in the coordinates. And you just whoop, like you yeah, go there immediately. Yeah, man, it's so cool though. Like I it is, can't. It was freaky. It's unbelievably it was so scary. Visually, yeah. just like uh, what, what's even a word? It, it, it's it's like awe inspiring, but in a way to where yes, I think a lot of people will experience this equal level of fear and wonder at the same time. But that's the experience of awe. Just yes. in general, yes, right. It's it's fear, and just like it's fear in the presence of beauty, almost yes. right. Like yes. like whatever's happening is overwhelming, and and there's a great question mark. There's a big unknown over yes. there, and that's what makes it so scary. Yes. Is that you don't know what's behind that dark veil of clouds, and that ultimate yeah. question mark yeah. for the human experience or just any life is death. Right. That's what it is. And the only reason we fear it is because we don't, don't know, know how the experience is. We, how painful is it? What happens? Uh, do, do we have a soul? That, how does our consciousness, like how does any of this work? Yes. And, and what, what happens after or when you die? The that, ultimate. It's just a big question. Mark. The ultimate unknown. And when is it going to happen? When <laughs> is it going to happen? What yeah. is it going to be like? Will I continue to exist? Not all these things come up, yeah. right? All these things that cause anxiety. But like mm -hmm. in the face of it, it is so... It is this mystery that is so profound and yeah. unknown that it, it, there is a beauty in it that, yes. that makes you, you can do nothing but be awed in its presence. In its presence, absolutely. Very good. So that feeling is evoked. Like the second you step forward in the bridge of that vessel and you're just looking at the thing you've been trying to yeah. get to this whole time. And there's flashes of light and it's obscured and, and you can see pieces of it like almost like lightning strikes, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, the, but you, you can't really see it in its full form yet, but like the mystery is beginning to encapsulate you, envelop yeah. itself around you. You are walking into it. You are on the, that precipice of death, Yes, <laughs> right? You're looking at it in the face and it is like pulling you in. And, it, yeah. and as soon as you actually uh, warp down onto it, there is no going back to the vessel now. You're now, mm -hmm. you're now stuck on the <clears throat> eye. Yeah. And I love how you can look up and you just see 
in the distance the small orange sun, yeah. you know, your star from the solar the system. pale orange dot. It's there in the <laughs> distance, right? It's very yeah. far. We're in an orbit very, very far away from it. Yeah. Which brought me all back to that, that instant in, uh, uh, it was on Brittle Hollow inside of the, I forget the name of the, the domed structure where it was showing you the different orbits and then oh, yeah, the that cool place. Like really yeah. huge. And then in order to show the eye of the universe's orbit, it like shrinks down the time. Everything else. And it's like way out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, just the sense of scale here was just very effectively sort of visually uh, displayed. Yeah. And so you're walking onto this thing. And it looks like a hurricane almost. Yeah. Which is funny because you would describe a hurricane as having an eye. Yeah, and the yes. eye of the hurricane yes. is actually a tranquil, peaceful place. Yes. But the hurricane is horribly violent. Yes. <laughs> and you have to pass through that first to get yes. to the eye, right? You kind of keep going forward. And yeah, it's, it's, it's chaotic. Yeah. I kept and wondering if I could get hit. <laughs> did you get hit by lightning? Because I didn't. No. Okay. So it doesn't do actual, actual I, damage. I don't think so. No. Yeah. I kept trying to avoid it. That's kind of at my point too, though, is you're, you're, you're still in this mindset of like, I got to avoid death. Yes. I've got to like survive yes, past yes. this. I've got to like save the universe. Life. Yeah. Yeah. This is all still like brewing in your mind as you're like literally walking into the eye of your own mortality, I have your right. of your death of the death of everything. Well, it's beautiful because you're, what you're bringing up is essentially the microcosm, macrocosm. Yes, thing, right? like literally the cosmos and also your soul. Yes, right, like your heart, your spirit, yes. your mind. Right, and they're both connected. It's almost like they're one. They're connected is the yeah. point I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, the macro and micro and whatever. It's yeah. all connected together here. It's all yeah. tied. It's all connected like a fire place. Yes, sure. A hearth. Here. A core. Uh, yes, a hearth, yeah. right? Here. All of it yeah. is connected, right? That's um, let me get back to that in a second. Kay. So you, you kind of come, the way gravity even like operates here is so <laughs> trippy, right? Especially when you jump into that crater. Yeah. So even like yeah. coming up to it, you, you see it above you. Right. And then you walk do, 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 yeah. to where now you're looking at it below you. Yeah. And then you jump. So not into only it. does time <laughs> not matter, gravity is. Yeah. Space, so what? time is just yeah, all so the rules totally broken, warped yeah. in this place. So you step off of that precipice and you fall into what looks like a black hole, yeah. essentially. And you're falling for a while. And you're falling and then you're seeing like almost infinite numbers of these same tunnel shapes yeah, all around yeah, you as yeah. you continue falling. And then you come in contact with the eye of the universe itself. Yeah. And in that moment, it just goes, I love the, the, the use of sound design here. Just everything, like all yeah, that chaos, yeah, all of right. that noise, all of that. That's it's right. It's just silence. It just stops. And this is where the comparisons to 2001 really uh, start to come into play. Okay, I agree. I For agree. anyone who's yes. seen that movie, especially the end of it, yeah. when uh, when Dave uh, comes in contact with the monolith, mm. um, things get really trippy, like really, yes. really, really trippy at the end, yep. right? But it is essentially like a higher dimensional being of sorts right. attempting 
I, I, I was having a conversation the other day with somebody about this. Um, trying a, a higher dimensional being. So when I say that, like a fourth or a fifth dimensional being, we live in this three yeah. dimensional universe and, and the, 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 we can't even fathom no. <laughs> what a fourth dimension would look like. I've all, seen right? like renderings of, Oh, here's a 40 object. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm looking <laughs> at. And I don't know how you did that. And something tells it's, me that that's not what it would actually look it's like. It's impossible yeah. for a three dimensional being to understand a fourth dimension. Right. Uh, it, it's just space. beyond the scope of what we can yeah. even comprehend. So think of what a fourth or fifth dimensional being trying to explain <laughs> to a third dimensional being <laughs> its state or, or communicate a message to it. It's yeah. going to have to try to use basically only things that can be understood by the third dimensional being. Sure. So you start to see pieces from your past in this game, right, you're inside yeah. the museum and you're seeing images and things that are a means of this thing to try to talk to you about yeah. what's about to happen and why. It's but, a, everything's in past tense. Yeah. Yes. You know. But only in ways that it, it, are probably hard for, for it to do that because like, I can't tell you in a way that it will make sense because you don't, you won't get it. Like I have yeah. to only, I have to use these very limited tools to try to communicate to you what's happening here and why. Right. And <laughs> I hope that's making sense. It's not at <laughs> all. Like it's a terrible way of explaining it, but there, there's something I could imagine it being very difficult for a higher dimensional being to try to communicate because there's all these ways I'm yeah. now that are cut off because I can't use this or this or this to explain to you because you can't comprehend those. Those are only exist in my universe, not yours. So, or in my dimension, I guess, not yours. So it's trying, it's trying to talk to you, but it's doing it through these almost symbolic, uh, using iconography, like, like yeah. uh, images and things like Symbols, that to try yeah. to like get, get the idea across. So you're inside of the observatory from back on uh, Timber Hearth and you go through all of the, like that museum from the beginning. Yeah, right? We're talking about, oh man, these... <clears throat> what's the point of all of this? Are they just trying to yep. like, uh, you know, brag about their science knowledge? It's like math blaster. No, like all of those things are now here and they have new relevance they're to them. They're updated. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. And, and all of it is this eye of the universe trying to tell you why all of those things are significant for what's about to happen. Right. I, I wish I had taken them down. I didn't because I was so sort of enraptured yeah, in the moment that, and like the, the experience I was having was so profound. I didn't want to like yeah. pause or like mm -hmm. start to analyze it quite yet. I think when we return next week, I might return to some of these specific, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like exhibits in, yeah. in the, in the observatory uh, at the eye of the universe and see how they've sort of taken that concept and here was what was written about it in the beginning of the game and here's what the eye of the universe is now recontextualizing that thing yeah in light of what's about to happen other than to say that it does that in a way that's super brilliant i can't like explain why because i don't have the text in front of me so i'll return to that maybe at a later point but i thought okay. it was freaking brilliant and then very good you go up the stairs Yes. And there's like a little scale miniature galaxy. Yes. Right in front of you. This was 
this was freaking mind blowing. Yeah. Because I love the looks, way they did it. Well, there's also a note nearby from one of the other guys at the observatory saying all the stars they had been looking at were not stars, they were galaxies. They were galaxies. Yeah. Which changed yep. my whole thought because we were like, oh, this isn't heat death of the universe because these are stars exploding. They're not stars. We're not looking at stars. We're looking at galaxies. galaxies. That's how freaking far yeah, apart sure. everything is. Yeah. There are no more stars. We're, like It's just distant, distant galaxies wow. are all you're seeing in the sky. I, I didn't think, think that. I think that that's what that's saying there. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But it, it also gets to this point where you go and you observe that little scale, like you're saying, model of what looks like a galaxy but i think that's actually the whole universe and it's it sort of like it sort of expands the scope of what's uh, going on here gotcha. in a way i wasn't expecting it was like galaxies are disappearing not stars right it's yeah. actually way bigger than what we thought it was um anyway so then from there it sort of takes you into a forest and that sort of little model thing that represented what yeah. I thought was a universe, not a galaxy, mm. was then you're in a, like a, a forest where all these lights- They're like fireflies. Are all around. Yeah. But I, I think those might be universes. Mm, interesting. Not okay. galaxies. And all gotcha. the universes are disappearing and dying mm, too. This goes like way beyond, this destruction, this end yeah. is like way beyond the scope of even what we imagined it was. I see. Okay. I, I think is, yeah. or at least what I sort of took away from that. It's like, this isn't just a, your universe or even your star or, it, this is like everything. Hmm. Everything is ending around you. And I'm like, just spinning around, looking at all these lights, like all of existence is going out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, and I'm like running towards the few lights that are left as they're like all disappearing yeah. and going totally dark around me. Like, no, no, don't go. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then it all goes dark. And I think this is where you see yourself. So like you're walking towards um, like a light and then and then you see an image of yourself. It's like an, a mirror image and every time you move, it moves exactly the oh, same okay. way, mm. right? But then kind of the whole thing we've been doing this this quantum uh, imaging stuff, like you look away yeah, and look just back turn around. And, yeah. it, and it turns into a tree. Right. You look away or turn your flashlight off or whatever, look back, the tree diminishes. And then it, it turns into a campfire, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, it, it gets diminishes, smaller, diminishes, smaller. diminishes, and then becomes a campfire yeah. by the end of it. And then it's around that campfire that I think, forget his name, the guy who's on the moon of Timber Hearth first appears in his little rocking chair. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Starts talking, hey, we got to get the whole gang back together again yep. to play the music. Like, we're missing people. <laughs> and so the forest kind of comes back up, and, and you go out a, a bunch of times, and, and you sort of gather the instruments of each of the different travelers, including if you had gone to the quantum moon, Solanum. And if you've done the DLC, I'm pretty sure it's going to be whatever okay. character you encounter in that, which I, again, I don't really know anything about. Hmm. Um, but you, you, you go about, and in these sort of really cool little abstract ways that, again, I think sort of get across this idea that a higher dimensional being who feels limited in communication talking to you is trying to say something, but it's in this abstract way that's not like perfect, right? It's like, it, it's not yeah. like precise, 
I use the word precise. <clears throat> Language is not precise, but it's as precise as we can get. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best we got. Um, anyway, you go around collecting their instruments, and as you collect their instruments, there's kind of little cool mini games and puzzles you have to do to get them, right? That were that sort of reflect what each of the travelers were doing or their personalities or whatnot. Like I think Rybex is sort of trapped inside of um, a structure that looks like one of the buildings on Brittle Hollow, right? He was sort oh, of, yeah. he was sort of stuck oh, there. Yeah. And each time you look right. away, the building is like it more rodes. destroyed. Yeah, yeah it erodes a little right. bit until you can get inside. Yeah, And then this just, I well, because the idea is just I mean, the instrument was there. As Brittle Hollow was pounded away, it sort yeah. of eroded and broke down. But like he trapped him, they trapped themselves yeah. there, right? Mm -hmm. Like afraid to really like get out and explore more and, the, it just sort of trapped inside of that place and as it eroded and, and uh, was destroyed slowly over the course of the cycle. With um, Chert, you have to like use your scope to like look out at the stars, which is what he was doing. Yeah. He was there like yeah, that's right. trying to figure out, like look at the stars and, you know, uh, study them. So you, you use that to like zoom in and you see his little drum floating in orbit around the sun, right? That's how you get that one. And then, like, Gabbro has his quantum poem, or it's his, their quantum poem that they wrote back on Timberhearth. Mm. There, did you see that? Like, where, there's that glade where, like, it moves around and, like, his yeah. little poem moves around. But I think it was a lot earlier in the game that I yeah. encountered that. So you follow signs that are each line from that poem yeah. that lead you up to the yeah, hammock right. in the trees where the that's food right. is at, right? I remember, too, the... Uh, is it so? Is it Solanum where you're basically like stacking people like on yes, top of each yes, other? Yes, 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 that was that great. Was, I thought that was wonderful. Symbolically, I thought that was awesome because the first time you look at it, it's a bunch of nomai skeletons just pointing yep. up into the sky, just looking up at yeah. a at a, a light up there. Yeah, and then you turn the light on and or off and on again, and one is standing. Yep, and they're all kind of and then you do it again. Two, or they're standing. I mean, and they they <laughs> sort of end up stacking all four reaching for this thing yeah. that they're not even close to you, obtaining. You know what's beautiful though? These are these are the generations, right? They're standing on each other's shoulders. Yes. You know, you've heard the phrase we stand on the shoulders yes. of giants, right? right? Well, you know, you've got every generation is building on what the previous one had done before, right? right. And so you get this like eventually they'll reach it, yes. right? And it's it seems like folly, but Give it a few hundred thousand years or whatever. Mm -hmm. And eventually what they're trying to do, the goal, will somehow be achieved. Uh, yeah. But the way that they're doing it is by standing on top of each other. I, I think that's I think it's wonderful. And, and eventually, I think in the last image, there's like a ship that appears yeah, above them. with so a beam, yeah, that you can jump The into. technology that made it possible to get where they were going yeah. was eventually created. But they didn't use it. They died. They mm, became right. skeletons before they could actually get there, and we sort of had to inherit. Yeah, that's right. Their so we cause. took. So they stood on each other's shoulders until they could create something that then we can stand on all of their shoulders. Yes. And take to yes. accomplish their original purpose. Exactly. Yeah. And then so they can go and get Solanum's uh, little thing from inside the ship there. Um, so anyway, you get them all kind of around the campfire, right? And and this is where you can initiate playing this music. <sighs> Let's just get through what happens. So in doing so, um, it essentially, I don't know if it's correct to say that in playing the music, you initiate the birth of a new universe 
or if it's or if it's that's going to happen anyways and you're just sort of watching mm. it together because you have to tell everyone to play music yes right? say hey and play a song play song play song smoke to build yes. a new sphere or world of smoke up there i think i think you do I, I, maybe I, my not. my initial instinct was whatever we're doing in this act it is initiating the birth of a new universe that's afterwards. what i felt right yeah and to the point of it being music like there's just a lot to say about that. And like if yes. you read the Silmarillion, that's how J.R.R. Yes. Tolkien the creation of that the creation world. was through song. Yes. Um, you look at uh, well in Indian, l- I would say lore mythology, um, the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita means divine song. That's mm. what that means. Yeah. And that's one of their you know founding uh, documents for Hinduism, right? And so this I, this connection between music and creation is is there anciently it's been it's been in place for a very long time and um i think it's beautiful the way that that music is used here to i don't know mediate uh, it's not that the music itself is creating it it's the consciousness of the observers all in communion together playing you know uh with each other and all together looking to the same ideal the same goal up above the fire that's what makes it Right. Yeah. But it's not the music. It's not any one thing itself. I think it's more or less the um, the fact that they're all together, and then the the consciousness uh, being brought together along with this whatever you're talking about, fourth, fifth dimensional yeah. being, whatever. I the the alignment. That is, the yeah. alignment of you with them. Yes. Which is done in metaphor through everyone else that you've interacted with. Yes. And as you all become one and are one in purpose, right? Doing the same thing, playing, yes. playing together in harmony, yes. you know? And it's like, boom, that's where the new world appears. What this, if there was a Melkor, together, they would have ruined it. <laughs> what this came together to mean to me as I was watching this is it was everything on again micro to macro level yeah became connected uh, and in the right. moment it was all connected boom it became manifest it, yeah. it but it required connection between everything and that was represented like that. to these simple three-dimensional beings as your friends came together to play some music at a campfire right but what it's really communicating is everything in the universe must become connected at this hinge point yeah. on the eye of the universe to then become reborn into this new thing. I tell you what, it's <laughs> really cool. It's really fascinating. By the way, I just said something. I just said that Melkor would come in and ruin the song. Yes, right. But that's not true. You can't ruin, ruin Iluvatar's song. No. Iluvatar, I think it says specifically in the Silmarillion that whatever dissonance Melkor creates that Iluvatar Was can turn Iluvatar. it into something more beautiful than Melkor even could well, have thought. All of the uh, Valar in mm. Tolkien's universe sprang from the thought of Iluvatar. Right, that's Which true. means that's that right. Melkor was part of Iluvatar's thought to that's begin very, with. That's very interesting, yeah. So, right. anyway. So there's nothing. Anyways, we don't need to talk about that. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to correct that real quick. Yeah. So, okay. I'm, let's just get all the way through the ending. I'm going to try and step back and sort of explain, like, what I felt going through Okay. Let's keep going. Um, so yeah, there's a big bang, a new big bang. Yep. As you look up at the fire and yeah, uh, this new orb, 
right? Yes. This new circle. What you called? You had it. You you saw it as something else. It's sort of a sphere, like a new world almost, but it's being born from the smoke of the fire. Yeah. So like the fire, there's trails from the fire, and as each player plays, a new one kind of comes up, and they add to this new. And they all connect, and it gets bigger and bigger. But yeah. but it's it's nebulous. It's it's like a, it's like the abstract it's like the initial spark of an idea that's only taking form the right. more connected we become yes it, and it becomes it, more formed it does the more connected we are and what's crazy is that our character doesn't play an instrument right that's good here no but here point, it is because we're the campfire itself but we are the observer so the musicians are all playing this thing's forming this potential thing is forming but yeah. Our job is to look. It, I don't think, I, maybe this is just a coincidence, but it didn't really um, fully think, become manifest until I looked up at it. I think you're going somewhere with this that yeah. makes a lot of sense because there's the whole quantum imaging portion of this game, which is yeah. it needs to be observed. If you're not looking at it, then it, it, it could yeah. be somewhere else. Could... And everyone was looking at it, I guess, but our role wasn't to play the song. Our role was to witness Witness, the, yeah, uh, connection, and, and 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 to make it manifest, right? And, and the other part of it that I got from it was our job was to connect. Oh, we, right. We are the fire Mix. because because we turned into the tree that turned into the fire. That's right. And, that's right. And we were the ones going out yeah. to all of these planets, learning all this stuff, and so telling that, the yeah, other travelers and go. connecting them to the Nomai who came before them. Yeah, we yeah. were the campfire. That Very connected good. all of these characters at all. Around which with, everyone with, If we hadn't done what we did, none of these things would have been connected. True, true. Or discovered or, or, or put together. And, and it, we go to Feldspar. We go to Chert. We go to Rybeck. We go to uh, Gabro. We go to Solanum. They wouldn't have connected to each other without us. That's true, yeah. And all the knowledge of the Nomai would have never been connected to any of the characters in present day who we have to tell, hey, our, our the freaking sun's about to explode. Oh, we're in a time loop. Oh, uh, Rybeck, or not Rybeck, Feldspar is in Dark Bramble. Oh my gosh, he's still alive. Like yeah, yeah. none of this stuff gets figured out or connected without us. Hmm. And the campfire is what connects all the characters in the song. Yep. We are the campfire. We literally turned into the campfire. Hmm. We are what connects all of those characters to the eye of the universe. We found the eye of the universe. We, we put it all together. The camp, we were the campfire that brought the whole universe together yep. into this singu singularity. Into a seed. Which yeah. Yeah. birthed the new universe. Yes. Um, that's what I read from that. There's something deeply archetypal about that. <laughs> That's beautiful. I didn't make that fire connection there. I'm glad you did. That's really cool. That we are the fire. The way that Mix put it is that he says that he sees our character as being something of the conductor. Yeah. Right? So That's this a is a, the big symphony's happening, and we, are, we don't hold an instrument, good but point. we conduct the whole thing. Great point. Yeah. That's, I think it's a really good way to read that. Um, so now, uh, okay, Big Bang happens. New Universe forms. The game sort of ends on this image. 14.3 billion yeah, years which later. Is, which is what the estimated Roughly, uh, yeah. age of our current universe. Yeah. Um, 
And it, it's an image that's sort of like it starts zoomed in and kind of comes out these very interesting looking worlds that yeah. are hollow inside. Yeah. Um, so, I thought it was going to show Earth. I thought it was bringing it all yeah, to, to like us. our universe. Yeah. yeah. But. But I think they're they're even forwarder than that. Yeah. I think I think what they might be saying with this is that our universe ended. Yeah, our universe is already over. This is a new universe. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that that was the past and now this is the present. It's that what happened was the present because that's the way stories work. It's 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 what's happening in our life. It's the microcosm, macrocosm, and this is the the future universe. You yeah, know? right. And so this is a future universe. I think like someone was mentioning here, if you hadn't talked to Solanum, um, the little insect people around the fire of this image won't yeah. appear. Oh, okay, okay. And I think there's, again, another image that will appear had you done the DLC hmm. that will be added to this image. But the idea is there's all these planets up here. They're really different. It's like almost like new rules of a new universe. Yeah, like they're totally. not going to be exactly the same as ours. Uh, I like that Maybe in a way though. more evolved than I like ours, that. right? Sure. They're more advanced. It, yeah. Life is going through another cycle. And, and, and Well, you would assume that if the Big Bang were to happen again, it would likely not happen at the same velocity and the sure. way that atoms or the way particles bond, you know, and the, the way that, um, the way that gra- like the rate of gravity and all that stuff, um, it would just be different and therefore you would just get different stuff. Yeah. 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 So I think that's what that's sort of insinuating or indicating at, um, but one more thing I want to add to this before I try to like jump into like personally what my experience was like as I'm going through all this. Um, just lost my train of thought. Dang it. Oh, it was inevitable. Mm. There was no saving the right. universe. I think I, we were oh, led well, to believe But it that depends on how you define I guess save. How you don't save the current universe. The yes. current universe dies. Yes. But that's not the end of life or evolution right. or whatever, right? Like, or being it, it, or consciousness. It, or... We've talked about this in podcasts before. There is a sacrifice that must happen at the end yep. of one civilization for yep. the next to really have its start. Many such examples. Right. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what game we were talking about where we, oh, where we got into that. I can't remember. But, but you made, I, I'm remembering specifically the points you made about that being... Civil War, World War II, yeah. It, it's like there, there, there comes this point in sort of the cycle of civilizations and the rise and fall where there, there's almost, I don't know if it's inevitable or if it's necessary in the sense that it can't happen any other way, but it seems to be the pattern yeah. that, at, that there comes this point of conflict in which there's a massive sacrifice that has to be made yeah. in order for this better, more enlightened, uh, greater civilization to rise out of the last one. Right. But this one had reached a peak at which it could, it, it, it's not going any further. It, yes. it, and it starts regressing or it starts degrading and, and people fight against that. No, we have to go back to how we were. No. Yeah, the decline. Go back, yeah. go back. We were better before. No, we need to change. And the, 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 these two forces of how we should approach the decline of our civilization fighting yeah, yeah. each other right. creates the conflict in which the sacrifice is made. And then from the ashes of that horrible, tragic, uh, awful sacrifice. Yep. Usually something better Yeah, the seed comes out of, of a of new that. thing is right. planted. Yeah. And I think you're getting some of that in this too. It's like yeah. our character, the guy that we are, 
and all of these other characters who are part of this other universe. You're not getting the best, the peak of, of what you had back. It's over. There is an end to everything. Right. You're fighting nature to assume that you can keep something forever or turn it back as they were trying to do as they're playing with their little technology. Six God is mentioning Square Soft and Square Enix, right? Yeah. Talking about turning the clock back and wanting the previous <laughs> golden age. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, it's not always better. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that there's, again, in, in many levels. Yes. Oh, that, yeah. That this this that is this a pattern apply that's all over. To all kinds of things. It's something yeah. you can see in, across all, all, so many examples across so many different things we can talk about. Yeah. The point is, though, and, and what really struck me was that I had, even as a person who talks about this all the time, and who feels like I've really come to this understanding of the importance of acceptance, yeah. had bought into this idea, I can stop this thing from happening. I'm going to save the universe. Well, it's a video game, <laughs> of course, you know? It's and not I, like Mario just uh, doesn't succeed at his initial goal. Yeah, and uh, what, no. what, what I loved was not only that they told me no, yeah. because that's the truth, but that it was beautiful that the answer was no. Yes. It was... It was profoundly beautiful that the answer was no. I did not get to save it, and it was better. It was, it was way better yeah. that I did not get what I wanted. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> From that. And how often, how hard is it for a game or just a story in general to pull that off? I've never seen like, it, which is audience, why I'm saying it's my favorite game. Yes. <laughs> the audience does not get what they want, but they got something they didn't know that they wanted. Something that was Or something more better, beautiful. Even though it required a self-sacrifice. Yes, in this the case. The ultimate self-sacrifice, which is accepting of, your own death. Right. You have to do that in order for the next thing, the, the, the next cycle, the next evolution to bloom, right. you have to die. And there's, we, we are, as you were saying earlier, there is billions of years of evolution which has bred into us. Resist that at all costs. <laughs> yes. Do absolutely. not die, yes. no matter what. <laughs> fight it, fight it, fight it. Do not yes. let that thing kill you. Run, be yes. scared, oh, yeah. get away, like, <laughs> save yourself. We're bred with this instinct, yeah. and yet, ultimately, it is pointless to resist it. Right. You, there is nothing you can do. You will die. And the harder you fight that, the worse your experience becomes. Oh, sure. And oh, sure. As oh, my gosh, soon yes. Yes. as you can accept it. Yeah. That's the first step. Acceptance is the first step. Yep. You then start to see the beauty of this. This universe, we are, and this is another thing we've talked about so many times, we are prisoners of our perspective. Yeah, that's right. We only know, only understand the universe around us from this completely isolated, not connected, isolated prism of our individual brain. Yeah. (sighs) 
gosh, it is so hard to word what I am trying to say. It's like it's <laughs> it's been eating at me all day. Um, I feel like my whole life, I have really struggled to connect with people. And I don't know if that's because of certain personality traits or mental disorders or the combination of them or just general fear of, uh, oh, what might happen if I connect with this person and then I lose that person. All of these things we've talked about in Hellblade and all these reasons that we have fear about losing stuff and fear of our mortality. Whatever it is, I've really struggled my whole life to connect with people. And another thing I've struggled with is almost like being able to accept conflict between people. There's something that has eaten at me so hard mm. about this experience of being trapped here and not being able to take my thoughts and feelings and just like instill them into you so you get it. Right. There's something that has, and there's something I, I was talking with my therapist about fairly recently. I, there is something that still to this day just like irks me so much about or frustrates me, I should say, more than irks, so much about not being able to really make you understand what I'm experiencing and vice versa. I cannot know what you are thinking and feeling. Right. I, I feel like almost since a very young age, not really being able to articulate what I mean by that, hmm. I have been so frustrated by that that I almost just recoiled from people altogether because I just could not... Uh, accept that you won't really get it. You won't really get what I'm trying to say. So then, then it's not worth saying it at all. Yes. Right? It's yeah. almost like it's so painful that you can't understand me that right. I might as well not try to explain. Right. Um, it's easier. That has resulted in this almost like obsessive attempt to become as articulate as possible, to improve my writing skills and my communication skills, and to like get to this place where I can perfectly explain right. so that everyone will know what I mean and it cannot be misunderstood. And the constant disappointment as I get on the internet and try to communicate those thoughts and feelings and I watch how many people literally hate me. Now, now this was yeah. not part of something I planned <coughs> to even say because I beat no. the game a week ago. And then in just the last two days, there were other creators, other YouTube creators, people in the Final Fantasy space who wrote on Twitter, this happened twice, who said, I just watched Resident Arc's podcast on Final Fantasy 16 and this is top drawer analysis. It's amazing. Oh, and wow. I, we weren't hearing that I, when the game was. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not done yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, what an um, amazing, wonderful, nice thing to say. Hmm. And then I see comment because I'm tagged. Uh, I'm tagged in that. They, they tagged me yeah. in their post or us in their post. Yeah. So I'm going to see all the people responding to that comment after comment. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Not only no, it wasn't, 
they dropped the ball so hard, I don't think I can ever watch something from that channel again. Dang or, uh, no, I really don't like him. I think he's referring to me, not you. So, no, it was horrible. <laughs> like, just this person despises yeah. me. Hmm. And I'm sitting here, like, wrestling with that. Like, what did I say? What did I say? I tried so hard right. so many times to say, guys, I don't think this game is bad. Right. 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 And they still think I said that right. somehow. Then I start trying to get into conversations with a few of them. Okay. What was it about what we said? You know, we, we try, we have tried to structure this like a dialogue, you know, uh, you, we say something, we read the comments of people who disagree. We, we, Right. We yeah. Talk about it. Oh yeah. So That's why what we do? <laughs> so why didn't you do that? I, I invited you. I, I many at the beginning of every series, but many times throughout that series specifically, if if mm. you see something I'm not seeing in this conversation between Clive and and uh, what's his name Odin. Uh, anyway, I forget the name of the character. His actual Tharmer. Tharmer. Right. That was his last Barnabas? name. Barnabas. Barnabas. The Barnabas and Clive conversations where I was like, I'm just not really seeing the, the um, like yeah. depth of this conversation. But if you do, please leave a comment. I right, want right, you. Right. I, I don't know how many times I said that. Mm. And these people who are responding to this, this tweet are saying, you said this and you said this and you said this. And I'm going, no, I didn't. I didn't say that, and I didn't say that, and I didn't say that. What I said was this, and I right. gave extra context. And then the person says, oh, I guess I didn't watch past your outbursts, and so I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, what outburst are you talking about? Well, right. you said that, um, you know, usually you put, like, tons of thought and effort into your podcast, and now you couldn't anymore, and I, I couldn't watch past that. I was talking about, I was talking about reading every single lore entry in the right. Act of Time thing. Oh, right, yeah. That was in response to that. And how that was hard to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I sit here and I go, yeah. I, I rewatched those and I, I, mm. I couldn't have possibly been more clear in how I communicated that. And these people still didn't understand. So I say all of that to come to the point of that experience has been such a continuously horrifically frustrating and painful thing for me in my life mm. that I began to just think I should, I'm just not going to try anymore. Right. I can't take this. Like it, 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 I don't know why, because I, I don't know if anyone else even who we're talking to understands what I'm getting at or has had that experience. Maybe it's very unique to me. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure there are other people who get it, but I feel very isolated in this particular experience that I've had where I see other people connecting with family and friends and lots of people. And, and you know, they'll, they'll have people who hate them or like whatever. And they, they're able to just brush that off and not care. No. No. <laughs> and so I, 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 I have felt so isolated in my life and without getting into like too much detail, I have stood on the precipice in real life of the metaphor that we're talking about, the eye of the universe there, looking, escaping the prism. Let's just put it that way. Right. I, w I, was, I was poking my head outside 
of the prism of individual perspective for a moment. And it's very similar. At least the experience was for me very similar. It's really scary at first. Hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Oh my gosh, it's happening. Oh my gosh, it's happening. This, okay, am I really ready? Am I really ready for this? I thought I was, but am I really? And then the connectedness, I I got like just a taste of that. I I was out. I was out of this thing I felt trapped in my whole life. Hmm. And it was the most beautiful thing. I I can't even describe it. It was... And and this game somehow, like, perfectly captured what that was like for me. To realize that, like, yes, we're here. Yes, you're going to feel trapped like this. Yes, it's going to be... It's scary. It's going to be hard for you to connect to people. And that's going to be frustrating for you. But I now know that that's not, that's not all there is to consciousness. There is, there is, I feel certain something more to consciousness than just this little, this little prism we're stuck in. Mm. There is a level at which you can connect in the way that I've been wanting to Mm. my whole life. Mm. And you've got to, it comes, you, you, you reach that epiphany through acceptance. Hmm. I have no idea if any of that (laughs) will make sense to anybody Hmm. who has either not stood on the precipice I'm talking about for themselves or who has not simulated that experience through some kind of hallucinogenic substance. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. Either way, it's hard. It's it's impossible. It is impossible in the same way that is impossible for a three-dimensional being to understand a fourth-dimensional universe or higher. It is impossible right. to describe what that level of consciousness is or right. what it feels like or what that experience is. But I have experienced it, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful in a way that this game is touching on and it it just completely blew my mind having gone through that semi recently to have that captured in a way that might not even have been necessarily on purpose or whatever but if it wasn't i i would be i'm shocked that it was possible <laughs> that they could approach like encapsulating in this level of consciousness, what yeah. that level of consciousness really is all about. Um, I can't really say anything more than that. It would just be rambling or repeating myself. But that is why when I came out of this, I was just like in freaking tears as like the, the credits were rolling. Like mm. that, that was such a perfect encapsulation of all the things we've been talking about in recent years on the podcast from a philosophical perspective yeah. in conjunction with my, my real life experience with, uh, with being close to death. And it was beautiful. The, the way that, and, and, and it made me go back 
to all these moments in the game. I don't know how many times I died. It was probably 50 or more. Yeah, yeah, at least. <laughs> but each one of those times was uniquely beautiful. Like I hear that uh, music right. coming on and I'm in a different place than last time. I'm like, oh, it's happening. And, yeah, and I yeah. go to like, look for the sun. Each time, <laughs> each time, yeah. Where is it? I want to see it. Yeah. Am, am I, am I, have I lost my ship in some terrible accident and I'm like, <laughs> like stuck in orbit around a planet, like my oxygen yeah, running yeah. out. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder what'll come first. Where's the sun. Will yeah. my, will my oxygen run out or will the sun kill me first? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Each one of those deaths was like uniquely beautiful. Hmm. And yet I had not seen the whole time that that was the point. The point was the acceptance that you're going this is yeah. all ending now. It's over. Mm. And it's okay that it's over. It's actually a good thing that it's over because something better is coming from mm. it. Yeah. And although you will end, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Um, the encapsulation of that idea in all these little instances that led to the big instance of the ending and communicated through the eye of the universe to our character through these abstract visual concepts <laughs> was nothing short of about the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in a piece of media. It, it was, it was, it's, it was amazing. And it has completely changed my whole view on like what I want from a video game going mm. forward oh geez you just raised the bar <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you but uh <laughs> i don't know that many games will be able to it uh, won't and, and <laughs> that's, give you that's that. okay too right like yeah. it's not like uh we'll go back to some kind of wartime story now with um tactics ogre ah, and that there yes. won't be cool stuff to pull from that and, yeah, and yeah. stuff to explore it's not like nothing else will ever be satisfying again i'm sure it will but it's just changed, I guess, like what I, what I want from a video game in the sense like uh, it need have no combat system. It need have no, mm, right, right. like, like right. I, I'm kind of at this point been there, done that kind of thing so many times yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I want to, I want to see people do things where None of that's necessary. Uh, this game had no violence outside of, I guess, self-violence when the you theme crash and then, yeah, or, or, or nature destroying you. But yeah. like, it didn't need it at all to create some pretty incredible conflict, like in high stakes. Right. Like I can't. There was many times that you felt the stakes. Like I said, taking out the warp core was just a moment where like, yeah. I, I had to like breathe through and go. <sighs> I like literally felt the pressure of that. It's like, okay, I'm going to fail my whole freaking Harthian people if I right. don't like get this in there in time. <laughs> but like that whole instinct was wrong. Yeah, the paradigm. Yeah. I'm trying to, no, none of that matters, man. Like accept what's happening to you. Whether it happens now when you're holding the warp cord in your hand and you don't get there in time or whether you get to the eye of the universe and it happens then, it's the same. All of, all of, everything is going to connect to this one point oh. of singularity and something new will be born from that. Right. And that is just a cycle of everything. Yeah. That's how, literally, that's how everything works. Exactly. Right. It goes, it dies, but it becomes, there becomes a seed. That's the newness of life. Um, 
also, let's say that you did save the son or whatever. You just kick the can down the road. Yes. Right? That's all it is. And at some point, this will happen to someone. Yes. So it's happening now. And um, no other game would really tackle the idea of like, well, it's going to happen anyways. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, you're not making it happen, but you're accepting that it is happening during your time. Yeah. So, um, well, I think that's all I have to say. Okay. Do you, you got I do. I got a little more. <laughs> just, um, that you noticed? I, I loved, I just reveled in the scene at the end. And as I kind of caught on to what was happening, I was very curious as to how they were going to pull it off. Specifically when I was in the forest and all the universes were disappearing. And I was like, I see where they're going here. <laughs> and I don't know if this is, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. Um, when you get to the fire, just so I've been reading um, the Fellowship of the Ring lately. You mm-hmm. have too. Yep. Um, I just read apart uh, the chapter of Lothlorien and the beginning of the next chapter of um, the Galadriel's Mirror, something like that. Yep. And the way Tolkien describes that forest is surreal. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. His writing is on point, but he is hinting at something beyond this fantasy world that he's talking about. He's describing the real world. Actually, just hit me literally like on the way up here as I was reading the book. Um, I was like, he's not describing his fantasy world. He's describing his real world. Mm-hmm. There's a specific line where he talks about like the hearing hearing voices in the trees, like music falling like rain from the skies upon the leaves, you know. And and I'm thinking like you hear the voices, but you don't see. He's saying that Frodo doesn't see the elves yet. He just hears the voices. Yeah. And I'm like, that those are those are fairies, first of all, and mm-hmm you have, you can hear it. You, just to be in nature, to be in a forest, to hear the sounds and to experience the magic that reality has to offer if you would just give yourself up to it, right? Mm-hmm. If you would just uh, attend to what's around you and realize that the river and the leaves and the wind and the, the bugs chirping and everything, the birds, that, that it, it's music, mm-hmm. right? It's not the modern, you know, four on the floor, 120 BPM music that we have now, but it's, it's musical in a beautiful way. That's less predictable. Um, that's less specifically melodic, but that's harmonious in its own way. And so when I come to like the, this place, when we come to the campfire and everybody's gathered around it, making music. And I'm just thinking, this is, this is how people saw the world before modern, before modern people showed up. Uh, Isaac Newton and Galileo ruined everything by (laughs) observing the world, (laughs) observing gravity and that the stars are just balls of gas and all that stuff. Um, They, because, oh, there's this quote from C.S. Lewis that I heard recently. It was something like, um, a star is made of burning gas, but that's not what it is. That's just Uh, what it's made of. A star is many other things. And you do yourself a disservice when you say, well, a thing is only whatever its constituent elements, right? That's yeah. what it is, right? It can never be more than that, right? Yeah. But the experience, the conscious experience of being in a forest, listening to music, gather around a campfire with other people you know, love, and care about, yeah. right? And as you all are just like experiencing this communion together in a place that is beyond a veil, like this is, this place is a temple, Right, this whole eye of the universe, yeah. it's a temple. And if you know much about ancient temples and or modern temples, how things work, th- there are veils into mysteries that are big question marks, yeah. right? And that 
tend to be communal events that symbolize death in a, in a large way, like crossing through a veil. And this is a church too. This is entering the doors of a church and, and just the, you know, the people singing and the, and the altar, which is the place of revelation, which is the fire, right? And everybody's facing it, you know, and waiting for that, for the world to reveal itself to them. Yeah. And I've been experiencing this a ton lately, just, uh, just um, being attuned to nature, to the world, to the trees, to everything around me and trying to um, receive, like to, trying to commune with nature, trying to commune with the world. Mm-hmm. You told me a cool story about you being in Hawaii yep. and having a similar experience in the sea, looking with your yeah. goggles, looking at the turtles and the yeah. fish. The life underneath, the world underneath. Yes. I felt like I was flying like like I was as if we looked in the sky and like some like alien being was just like looking through the clouds and just like just just checking it <laughs> That's out. What I felt like just I watching. was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the world reveals itself to us, you know, if we will just attend to it, and we don't separate ourselves too much from the world, you know. Um, like I hadn't been in a forest in years until like this year, and I started taking my kids out because I was like, my kids need to know nature you know we yep. just they're always in cars we always drive everywhere we always we're always in our house we're always going to buildings and things and playing with playgrounds if they're outside it's at a playground you know but it's like no go climb a tree go yeah. go put your feet in a river yeah yeah there's something magical about that kind of stuff that's really hard to talk about it's hard to like put your finger on it but yeah. this game made me feel that because yes. i was like this is what how ancients felt, saw the world and it was a revelation and it was beautiful and and it happened in a sacred place yeah. the word temple actually comes from a latin word templum i think uh but it means grove it means like a grove of trees basically that's mm-hmm. what a sacred that's what a temple used to be and <laughs> that's really is what a temple yeah. used to be yeah. though like if right. you go back far enough it was just the place of revelation from whatever's beyond you and, and, and the revelation happens in a grove of trees with other people singing music, surrounded by fire, telling stories. Mm. And all of a sudden somebody tells a story and you're like, that story meant something. That was an important story. Let's tell that again. And people begin telling the story over and over around other campfires with other people. And it turns into this, this sacred experience that is not just a figment of your own imagination, but is literally you trying to, um, trying to uh, commune with the world yeah. and with the universe, right? In your own way. Right. And, and it becomes something that becomes, it approaches the divine. And this game, it did it in such a beautiful way because like the idea that this material universe will have an end and that another one will come from it is one that I'm pretty sure Christianity teaches. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and From a certain point it, of view. It just doesn't look the way that this game presents <laughs> right, it, right? Yeah. So this game shows you this like almost horrific nihilistic scene that somehow is still beautiful. Yeah. And you're like, what is this? And then it's like, well, this is another story that resonates that we're going to start telling people now mm-hmm. because it was so powerful yeah. and just like the old caveman's and we're going <laughs> to tell people to play this game, dude, you got to play this game. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you about it here. And I probably wouldn't spoil the game for them, of no, course. Right. Um, but for other people who have played it, like the, the way that, um, the way that this game is able to present something in a, just a different way. Cause a lot of times like you'll read the Bible or something, you'll be like that, like whatever, whatever image you got from reading that is likely not, how it would actually represent itself, right? Mm. It's not going to be however you think it's going to happen. If you read the Revelation or Genesis yeah, or any right. of that Revelation stuff, it's, it, you, you'll have these images in your mind of how things are going to be. And it's like that, 
but but a similar story can take place in a different way. And this particular one was geared specifically to um, our character and their experiences in the world and what they considered home around the trees around a fire. And can you roast marshmallows on that fire? I didn't try. I, I didn't, didn't try. try either. But that oh, actually, wait a, no, wait a minute. I'll bet you did you I could. do it. I didn't. I, I try. think you can. But I. I can't remember if I did it or not. I can't remember if the last time I roasted a marshmallow was... No, I think I did. You now did? I'm remembering. It was the last thing I did before Looking I up. told them to play. play the music. Nice. I was like, I was like, okay, this is going to be the end. I'm going to have one more marshmallow. See, that's the one missing thing yeah. is food, right? Yeah. Because for the religious experience mm-hmm. is singing, surrounded, something important, all the stuff I've been talking about, surrounded in a sacred place with other people, all that stuff. But... To all like participate in a meal. That's the one thing yeah. that this didn't really have. Just a yeah. brief little eat. Because you are what you eat. And that brings people together, eating the same food, you know. But yeah. I should have roasted a marshmallow. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Well, that's a great point. You are what you eat. If you're all eating yeah. the same thing, you're becoming one. Yes, You're becoming exactly. connected. You're becoming and the same That's thing. That's true in like a, a sacramental service in church as it is in a dinner table at home. You know, it's like... um. That eating together brings people together. It's just, that's just like a fact. Yeah. But specifically when you're eating the same thing together. Yes. It's always awkward when you go to dinner and one person gets it a different doesn't thing. Want it. Now, yeah, they don't want the same. <laughs> and it, I've been that person. You've been that person. Everyone's been that person where it's like, I just don't like what y'all have, you know? But there's something beautiful about when everyone does eat the same thing, mm-hmm. right? And you're, you're all just connected in a way. You can talk about it. It's an experience, you know? Yeah. Anyways, I think I've exhausted everything I have to say about it other than... um it's beautiful, and uh, the fact that a cycle can continue. I almost don't know what to make of it at the very end, though, because I have this inkling of, like, our character's life ended End. in terms of the way we'd understand the word life, right? Mm. But the whole game takes place first person, right? Yeah. And it's almost like as an initiator of this new world or as something like that, that as the um, credits kind of roll and then you see that scene at the very end, um, it's almost like we're still participating in it. I I can't tell if that scene at the very end was meant to, I know it's not first person, but is meant to imply something about this character seeing this in some maybe higher consciousness way. Or if it's not meant to be that at all, it's just showing us, hey, just so you know, 14 billion years later, you know, it's stuff's happening now I, in a I new think, universe. I think, I think that interpretation works just fine. It's almost like, do you do you prefer to sort of look at that through the lens of, say, um, maybe a more traditional religious one, where we we our consciousness continues to evolve or it continues in its in its in the same state but then it's to similar. another level or another dimension right. observes this like communal consciousness or, or does my DNA which contains all of my if I guess if you're looking at this from like the union lens like my memories oh, yeah. oh, and sure, who, yeah. the essence of who I am yeah is is part of that new is spread into that new uh, into that new cycle, that new universe, and it, and it exists in everybody and everything that comes from that. Right. You, you have 
still survived yes. through that process. In That's more way. of the evolutionary way of yeah, thinking yeah. about it, right? Where it's like maybe not as a unified whole, but as a diversified, you know. Um, but almost in some way, like, are we the eye of this new universe? Is probably okay. I probably see where that would be I really mean to say. Hmm. I didn't even think of that. I don't think that was intended. I'm, ju <laughs> I'm just throwing something out there because. Do you become the fourth dimensional being, eye of the universe that then yeah, yeah. continues the cycle next time? Could be. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a thought. Um, well, yeah, I, I feel like I've got nothing else really to add to that. Okay. That would bring us to the end of this. There was something that one of our patrons said over here that I wanted to read real quick. Um, oh, yes. Hopeless Romantic says, all right. Mike and Case and 200K uh, subscriber yeah, special. That's, that's never happening. <laughs> it, it will. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It will. Um, <laughs> video game discussion around a campfire with roasting marshmallows. Oh my gosh. Great. So, yes. Let's recreate the old experience of our ancestors. <laughs> what, so I think I've mentioned that um, we're going to be building a new studio for the podcast. We're not going to be in here uh, that much longer in the scheme of things. Yeah. And so I've been, <clears throat> I've been, milling around some ideas for like what I want that to look like. I want it to look a yeah. little less sterile than this one does, a little less uh, Death Star look to it, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. A little yeah. warmer. Yeah. And one of my ideas was, so we, we won't have a desk like this in front of us. We'll have individual chairs. Yeah. But my thought was to make some kind of centerpiece that will change with every game. Mm. So uh, I would build, say, if we were doing Outer Wilds, a campfire oh, that'd be sweet. in the center and we could, we could be, we wouldn't really, it wouldn't be a real fire. It would yeah. be made We're from inside. special effects. Dude, that would smoke your house so quickly. <laughs> it, it would be made from special effects, so lights yeah. and, and, you know, a fabric that has maybe a fan in it or something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. But the idea would be to make some sort of centerpiece for each thing that would uh, cast light and sort of that like fun. warm up the space or, or uh, be the element that ties what we're doing into what we're talking about. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, the, next, the next podcast studio um, will sort of give that sort of vibe is what I'm talking about. It will be more like gathering around the campfire, the campfire being whatever element of the game we're using as the campfire in the center to discuss and, mm. and talk and connect and tell stories. That, that's, that's kind of the concept of the next um, set that I've landed on that I really like. So we'll see how that goes. But Hey, uh, uh, I just realized we are the eye of the next universe. I actually, <laughs> I'm approaching that one more because what was our role in creating this new universe? What did we do? Uh, we conducted the music like yes. the Louvatar or something, but yes. I don't know if that's what you're getting at. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> we looked, we observed. Oh, observed. We looked at it. And it, and it, it solidified it. It became so into being. So you're the eye that looks and observes. We are the, um, we are the observer that made this new universe come into being. Mm. And in that sense, until this new universe makes connection with our character, um, it, and that is well, essentially the purpose, it, anyways, I, I think, I actually think I might be more right about that. Well, because that is what we're doing. We're just watching. We're just looking. Yeah. Well, there's also the fact that and we give ourselves to there's the There's so much about observing. There's so much about um, the quantum imaging idea. 
Yeah. That sort of like works into how you progress in the game. It's all about, are you observing it? Yes. And are you observing it correctly almost, right? Right. Like, how, how are you attending right to this new world? Time or place or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, could definitely tie into uh, this concept of what the eye of the universe's purpose is. Mm -hmm. And if we're serving that purpose for the birth of the new universe, does that mean, or does that not mean, I guess, how could it not mean yeah. that we are the eye of that universe? Because we, we are made the observer. It. Yeah, we're the observer that makes that universe exist. Yeah. Hmm. This game is- Just saying, um, just saying. <laughs> This game is, I mean, there's no, there's no word to describe it. It, it feels, uh, I mean, just like so, so beneath what the experience was to call it brilliant or to call it genius <laughs> yeah. or to whatever. Word, it, it, it was, it was, it, words fail to describe yeah. what I felt when it was over. It was transcendent. It was, it was, it was absolutely, uh, well, can't put a word to it. That's all I can say. <laughs> I would say it has an element that feels to me to be true. Yes. And it was also good and beautiful. So that's the Platonic trio right there. there it go. was. It was it, true. It was all three at once. It was good. Once. It was beautiful all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, and that's the end of our podcast. On, well, not the end of the podcast on this because we got to do the DLC, but uh, the end of the main game. So next time. Uh, we'll okay. dig into the DLC. I don't. So are know, we I, gonna? Then we'll see the ending again. In well, the DLC, I, I right? assume you would. And oh man, I'm I excited to only, kind of approach that again. From yeah, look at seeing it, it again after having talked about it. Yeah, yeah, see what else you can see. Again, I, there are certain notes I want to take about specifically the way they recontextualize the exhibits in the in the observatory. There are other things that I. I it was going so fast, and I was yeah. having such like a just a totally mind-blowing sort of like revelatory experience that I, it was I, all, I didn't want to ruin it by pausing. Yeah. yeah. It was all past tense is what I took. Like, yeah. oh, they discovered this and that, and then this happened like past tense of what we had already done. Yeah, right? like it the, was over. The over. universe ended, but it was beautiful. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I, it wasn't on so many words, but it was, it was like that. It was just telling your life story back to you in past tense, okay. which is kind of unsettling. Dude McGuy says, the final button prompt in the museum space before okay. the forest when you fall into the eye says, observe. So I think Kaysen is right on the money. Dang. Yeah, because when you wild. at that at that little universe model thing, when you walk up to it, it yeah, like the prompt says, That's right, observe. yeah. Observe. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we'll see you so guys everyone, next week. Observe the universe observe. around you. Observe. Do it. Peace out.